Welcome to the 9420 Podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the business that we tolerate. You probably heard every small town song Where you reach the county line But keep driving on to the riverbanks And on the tailgate You've probably been down a lot of dirt roads Turning up that radio With the stars above Watching them lightning bugs There's only one way, one way out Way too much to talk about This ain't your typical small town In the Bible Belt We work all week to make ends meet Take the time, relax and drink We praise the Lord on Sunday Then throw it down In this one church, three bar town On the dashboard Saying baby turn it up More singing out at the top of our lungs Yeah, I'm being young You've probably been heartbroken Knowing you'd see them again In the same old place With the same old friends In the same old town There's only one way One way out Way too much to talk about This ain't your typical small town in the Bible Belt We work all week to make ends meet Take the time, relax and drink We praise the Lord on Sunday Then throw it down In this one church, three bar town In this one church, three bar town Small town in the Bible Belt We work all week to make ends meet Take the time, relax and drink We praise the Lord on Sunday Then throw it down in this one church, three bar town In this one church, three bar town In this one church, three bar town So that first song that you heard was by Dakota Danielle, who is an artist that we love in Nashville. And the song that you listened to was One Church. Welcome to this episode. We're really excited to be here. Hey, Greg. Hey, Carl. Hey, uh, Nicole. I like that song. I really like that song. And that's it. One thing I like about Dakota, you know, she's done a band Twango campaign and uh she's a, she, she's a, a great young writer and that stuff is is real she really that's really about her town it's uh you know it wasn't like some imagined thing her town has three bars and one church i think it's like two traffic lights one on either side of main street it's like some really small town so that's it's kind of interesting when people write stuff about their actual life so what do you want to talk about so Greg, you had some thoughts. I was thinking we might talk about, um, you know, what it's going to look like when this kind of passes. 
You know, when yeah. uh, what, what's the new normal going to look like? You know, once this kind of gets a little bit more gets it gets done with. What do you think? Yeah, I you know I I've, I've been thinking a bit about it. I mean, I on the previous podcast we've done, I, I think I probably sounded like I was uh, uh, too cynical. Um, I. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I mean, it's kind of ironic that we're that we're throwing this out there, but uh, I do listen to a podcast on occasion, particularly when I discover one. If uh, they're talking to somebody that I'm interested in, there's a there's a visual artist that that I love. I, I just think he's incredible. His name is Wayne White, and he actually, in a rare occurrence, pushed forward on his social network. I've never even seen him on Facebook. I think he's primarily on Instagram, but he pushed it. He's a puppeteer, right? That's one of the things he does. Yeah, I mean, he's a painter. He's a puppeteer. Uh, he was one of the guys responsible for the look uh, and the production of the Pee Wee Herman show all those years oh, ago. God. So, I mean, he's, a, he's just a wildly creative, super cool artist. So he pushes out this idea that, uh, hey, I, I'm interviewed on this podcast and that's a, a rarity in and of itself. So I, I listen to the podcast and I don't know much about the guy other than I discovered that the guy doing the podcast, his name is Berkeley. Uh, he actually made the documentary film of 10 years ago that uh, completely changed my uh, view of being, a you know, trying to recreate myself as a creative pr person. It was a, incredibly inspiring the documentary is called beauty is embarrassing and he produced the documentary on wayne white so they're having this podcast and berkeley comes out and as most podcasts will do he kind of comes out and says okay well this neil berkeley right yeah and uh uh and so he says you know this podcast is going to be about you know uh, my conversation with uh uh, Mike Quinn, and uh, who is actually a friend of mine, uh, I'm proud to say he's a friend of mine. He's a friend of uh, of Wayne's. So, but he's doing his little thing of describing what we're going to hear, and he makes the comment. He's like, "I'm hoping that during this um, whatever whatever we call what this is, all of us staying home and." staying safe and you know the economy. sheltering at home right well yeah whatever we call it he made the comment it's like this is an incredible opportunity to discover the things that about yourself that you want to change to discover the things that you want to uh you know things that you might secretly want to do but you have just never had the ability to do in essence, recreate yourself. It's so, like, it's like, it's like a forced sabbatical. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, while I've, I had been thinking rather cynical thoughts about the whole thing, I went back and I looked at some of the stuff that I've been working on through the years. And, um, after hearing him make that comment, I basically, pulled out you're, of the you're doing uh, that you're doing that origami again <laughs> no it, it ain't the origami but you know you've read some of uh oh, you know, your book right your book 20 years that book and, was great um, man i i have written 
probably six or eight hours on that thing since um nicole nicole greg you know has been writing this book for a long long time you know and and i beg by the last time i heard he cliche no no but really he read me this 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 one first like you know 10 pages like about 10 years ago and i have to admit i think i told you this it probably was the the coolest, most well-written piece of literature I've ever heard. It was intense. I, I was amazed, and I said, "Keep this up." And uh, and I, and, you know, and I, I just have never done it. I mean, I've never accomplished it. I've never put it out well, in the world. And you so, doing it now? you know what, Mister Cynical is going to take this this uh, troubled time, and I'm going to start writing on the damn book again. Great. Good for you. So, but before we go any further, I have to introduce some new sounds. So, remember, we have these, and we had this, but now we have, Nicole likes this one. I do. And then, I kind of like this one. Yeah, that's you know? me, that's me writing on my uh, work in progress for the last No, and this years. is like every time Greg says anything, you're going to play this. After Every time any, Greg says anything, you have to play this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's it. Well, then there's, you know, say that again, Greg. Can you rewind that for me? There you go. Ah, so nice. we're done. Nice. Let's play another tune. Let's play that song. Let's make it three songs. Let's play a small town talk again from Dakota Danielle, again about her, her small town. Bobby got a DUI leaving the bar last night. My lung left with Luke at closing time Addy and Hank broke up after five long years Jane moved home from college to live back here As word travels fast around a place like this Oh, there's no mind in your own business The truth is stretched and lies are told Nobody ever really knows You can get caught up in it all Small town talk Uh 
music i think she's what i like about her as a writer she's one of the few writers i've new writers i've met in nashville is really just doing it to express her her feelings about her life and, and she's not just there to make money and 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 get cuts you know which is fine but yeah I, I love those kind of artists the one that are just doing it because they need to express something that's inside them or kind of purge themselves of their life or anyway yeah, I mean, you know, with all the writers I've worked with through the years, I mean, you know, I always say the same thing. Basically, it's like, play me the thing that you think everybody likes, and then right. play me the thing that you like that you think everybody thinks is weird. And invariably, you know, the one that's more personal to them, if they've got a certain amount of craft, you know. It's the best. Yeah, it, it, it's a much better song. So. Uh, and, you know, I see that in Dakota. I, I think she's working really hard. And uh, these songs, you know, if you if you keep at it, you know, I mean, these songs just emerge, uh, you know, and she'll probably write three or four more that may or may not, you know, um, uh, make her happy or make anybody else happy. But if she keeps at it and if writers keep at it after having worked on kind of the fundamentals and um you know if they've got a muse if they've got a voice uh it'll come through and it comes through in songs that they write and uh, well, i love i love what you say were you gonna say something nicole um i was just gonna say about dakota what i like about her is the fact that she's really willing to work for it all i don't think i've come across um many artists who know what they're not necessarily the best at and what they know they need to improve upon and actually go and improve upon it um she's kind of one of those that i've spoken to and had conversations with that she just gets it and she knows that there are things that she's always going to have to work on but at the end of the day if she's taking two steps forward she's always going to consistently take those two steps forward and she takes constructive criticism. She's not mm -hmm. like, no, oh, the thing she knows it all. And uh, she's not, you, know, you can tell her stuff and she'll, you know, take it in. You know, not everything people tell her necessarily is right, but she'll listen as opposed to just ignore you, you know? But one thing Greg says that I love, and you've said this a lot of times and about when you want to hear someone's work, an artist's songs or a songwriter's songs, and you say, send me the one that you think is the least commercial or the least and that's usually the one you know that's the best because i'm with you i think most artists almost they don't know what their best kind of work is sometimes you know they, they think oh that's not a hit and the ones that probably are the best they hold back and are afraid to 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 kind of perform or to play out because they think it's too personal and basically what they're doing is kind of holding back their best stuff you yep. know so yep i mean because they think you know they're aspiring to do I mean, people don't recognize that, particularly in Nashville, I mean, it's an extremely, um, what's the best word, 
it's a very focused skill set to write a song that a country artist today will cut, you know, and it, it takes real craftsmanship. Uh, right. and, and, you know, there, there are thousands of songs out there that change people's life when they hear them. But uh, those songs are never going to get cut. You know, it's a very, very, very specific thing. And so when writers move to town and they have written some songs that they've gotten good reaction on, you know, they basically uh, they think to themselves, all right, well, if I can just, you know, if I can just kind of tweak what I'm doing, I can I can write for the radio market or I can write for the country market or I can get cuts. And uh, and there's and there's and and there's a knack there's a knack for that, and I'm not putting that down at all. I think you know to be able to walk into those rooms, like I I love they call them appointments. You know, a songwriting appointment, which is kind of bizarre. From ten to twelve, I know these guys come out with a song, and you know, these guys are writing four or five songs a week. That's pretty amazing, and some of these guys are just great at it, like Rivers Rutherford, and it goes on and on. There's a ton of these guys. guys. They're just genius in their ability to to make that happen, and I've worked with with a number of them. I mean, a couple of the guys, um, you know, that can have laser focus and can sit down and write something in a three-hour time span that somebody would cut. I mean, we're going to have those folks – on the podcast at some point because, um, you know, that's how I, I told my, uh, my deep story on, on this podcast. You want to, you want to hear my deep back in the nineties, I had this deal with Warner chapel. Right. And, um, there was this other act on Warner, on, uh, Warner chapel. The, the, no, they were on, I think they're on Sony, but they were published by Warner chapel. And there was this, it was this girl. Uh, I think it was a, it was a guy and a girl, kind of a couple. I don't know duo and they had some songs but they thought their lyrics were kind of weak and at the time I, w- I was really kind of thought of as a profound this was Camille I was a profound kind of you know um, really you know wrote deep lyrics you know so they said well Carl maybe you can go and help fix some of their songs up and uh, and make them a little more deeper I said <laughs> okay and so I go to, I go to this guy's apartment As a matter of fact it's right up here on 103rd Street and, and Broadway years ago and I meet this guy and this girl and they play me this song and uh, and I'm not I can't write on command sometimes it takes me months to write a song you know I just I, I you know like it's like a you said yeah process. right yeah you always said like you know in Nashville it's like leave leave your muse at the door you know but <laughs> but so I go sit with these guys, man, and like I'm sitting there and they're playing me the song and they go, so what do you think? I go, yeah, it's cool. So so can you think you can write some deep stuff about it? So I'm there like with my guitar going, uh, you know, I, I don't even know what the song was about. So it's about like an hour, right? And, and the guy looks at me, or the girl looked at me, I think, and she goes, what are you doing? What do you mean? He goes, just write some deep shit. We give me some deep shit. Like you know, I go, I go. What do you mean? Just give me some deep shit. I swear to God. So then they call up the, the guy over at Warner Chapel. This guy sucks. He can't write nothing. He can't write nothing deep. That he's doing. It was like bizarre. Like they want me to write deep shit on command, and it was like it was just the funniest thing. Anyway, I love story, that story. But- and and you know, if we if you're ever in a position where you need to clear an, a publishing company name for either ASCAP or BMI. Uh, we have to see if we can get 
clear, deep shit music. <laughs> deep shit music, right. Anyway, so. It's fun. I mean, I, you know, the, the other side of the coin is the idea, and I'm, I probably talked about it before, is the idea that, you know, people that come in, that they have a real uh, connection to the, to the songs they've been writing, and, and well, they should, but they would come in and they'd say, you know, it's like, well, listen to these songs. And then listen to what's on the radio. And if you don't think that these songs are better than what you hear on the radio, then you don't know what you're talking about. And it was just, you know, it's just a demonstration of how people don't understand the commercial songwriting and the industry surrounding it. Because yeah, I'd, I'd have to tell them, it's like, you know, this was this is intensely personal, but this is in no way universal. You couldn't get this song cut if your life depended on it. Uh, and they're like, well, isn't it a better song than what's on the radio? I'm like, no, and I don't differentiate, you know, it's like, I mean, I have a whole house full of music that I couldn't get cut on country radio that I love that inspires me. And I think it's deep shit. Uh, but the fact that I might try to, you know, pitch it to an artist and get it cut so that they could, so it could be performed on country radio. It's just, it's it, it, I don't know what I'm terrible at analogies, but the analogy is it's like, you know, putting a, a an NFL quarterback at home plate and having him bat in the uh, in the in Major League Baseball. It just because they're, they're both athletes. Right. It like, doesn't work. Well, why, why do you think that is, though? But why do you think can you think of any great songs that are really super deep i think i think i don't know or artists i think dylan got away with writing commercial stuff that was pretty profound i think springsteen i don't know who, who do you think nowadays is writing really quality stuff that's 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 selling it's commercial well i think i think i think you know there's there's a whole there's a whole genre of standards out there that have stood the test of time that are reasonably uh, introspective and deep. You know, you, you think of something like Bridge Over Troubled Waters or, you know, I mean, I, I guess, um, you know. Jungle Land. I mean, yeah, I think those, uh, those songs are cool. You know, they're iconic because they are both personal and universal. Pretty much if it's personal, I guarantee it's going to be universal because we're, we're all basically the same. Aww. A lot of tribute shows going on this last week, you know, and 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 it's funny too. The one was the uh, uh, together one together that where everyone got together and Paul McCartney and I thought the Stones are great at that. By the way, the Rolling Stones kind of really amazed me. Everyone kind of phoned in these these uh, performances, but then there was another one they showed, kind of jumping the gun, but they had a tribute to Prince, you know, from the Grammys was on TV this week. Did anybody see that? I did not. I, but you that's know, I didn't. I mean, I, thankfully, yeah. I, I didn't see. No, any no, that. you, you, you got to go see the tribute to Prince, man. He is like, you know, I, I've, I forgot how amazing he is, and like, you know, he's, he, he's a, he was a great writer, and not that he was a great producer. He, he was a really, he was a, definitely a, he deserved to be where he was. I thought as an artist, you know, as being like iconic and legendary, he really. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, I, I, now, I, I would I, agree I, with that. I mean, I I, well, I, I, remember, I remember when I was. I know I'm I'm, I'm babbling, but now the I was so impressed. I, I can do with that. Yeah, but. usually they're hokey, but this one was pretty good because this just reminded me of how many tunes this guy wrote that I knew. I go, holy cow! I forgot that one. And plus, he had a lot of covers that were done. But I remember when I heard um, uh, 
again, a guy just sticking to his guns and like he got a major record deal with a lot of labels, but they wouldn't let him produce it. So they told him, forget it. You know, he waited till he could be, they let him produce it. And finally, I think Epic let him do it or whatever it was. Or, But his first single that really, really broke was was when, when Doves Cry. And listen to that record. That is not a hit single, man. That is a bizarre sounding, you, you listen to that song and like how he just, Create. I don't know. I just love people who just like I, you know push the, I, I'll, push the envelope. I'll, get, uh, and- I'll, I'll throw something out there just for the sake of the conversation, and maybe it's a little bit controversial, but um, you know, in in all my experience, and this, I hope I don't offend anybody by saying this, but to be a great writer, to be hold to on, be, hold on, hold on, <laughs> to be a great writer, to be a um an amazing songwriter, there are two prerequisites. There are two requirements. And um, I, I, I've never seen it fail. And this, these are the requirements. And if you don't have these two things, um, then you just need to keep writing for yourself and you don't need to approach anybody about your songs uh, being heard by the world. What's you have to things? be really, really smart, and you have to have a great sense of humor. And if you look at all the iconic songwriters throughout history, you will find that they have those two characteristics. I mean, Prince was a super, super smart dude. And he was funny. I thought his stuff was funny. Yeah. And, right, and right, yeah, I, 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 mean, I, I agree. The wry sense of humor in, in some of the stuff. I mean, but, it, 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 you know, you can, you know, I mean, just you can list them off. You know, all the iconic songwriters, really, really bright people, man. Really clever, bright, intellectual. Well, I, don't know. I, I, I don't know that because I don't know them all. They might be, I don't know. I might meet Springsteen in a bar and think he's an idiot. You know, I don't, I don't know the guy. He's probably not. But, you know, Dylan, like, I don't know if he can say two sentences that make sense at this point, you know. I mean, go back and look at at interviews with anybody that's been recognized as a master songwriter. And I will uh, I will assure you that there aren't any Cretans in the bunch. That's just my little controversial take on the thing. You probably have a lot of people asking right now, what does he mean by smart? Yeah, again, what does smart mean? Like, you know, book smart, you know, um, you know, there are a lot of people. A lot of them are book smart. A lot of them are are history nerds. A lot of them are, um, you know, I mean, I I can tell you um, that the greatest musicians I've ever met in my little career, um, most of them are math nerds. I mean, at some level, music is, is math. So then who's sticking up for the stupid songwriter? Johnny Lyon. You know, you know I, I, got, <laughs> I think, actually, you know, that's an interesting point. Have you ever heard an interview with Johnny Lydon? With Johnny oh, yeah, Lydon? I, I, I think he's amazing. I don't think he's stupid at he's all. He's a super, super bright dude. You, you got to lower, you, you, you're, you're over-modulating, John. I'm sorry. He, he's, he's, he's super smart. I mean, anybody that's ever made it in the music industry from a songwriting perspective is got a, 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 they're packing an IQ, I can assure you. You know, I'm talking about, talking about cool songs. Let's play one, one last song from Dakota. 
Let's play um, this one. I think is called. Uh, it's one day closer to you. One day closer to you. It's a real great personal song, and I think you know you're gonna like it. Here goes. Just a girl with nobody to blame Dealing with life, running from pain Trying to find my way Cause home doesn't feel like home with you gone And time won't let me stop moving on It's hard to keep from hiding from the rain Reminds me of all I've been through But right now I'm just enjoying the view One day closer to you I'm all alone with these tears I've cried Trying to figure out the reasons why Home doesn't feel like home with you gone And now I'm used to being up at dawn It doesn't get any better over time Cause every second that goes by Every minute that I miss you going to play by Dakota Danielle. It's one that, like you said, Carl, is it's extremely personal to her, um, but it's probably one of my favorites, honestly. Because um, it's because it's so real. It's so it's, real. It's, it's and, just, it, it's raw and like it's... Um, well, and yeah. also knowing the story behind it too and, and kind of what she went through. I mean, it really just... I don't think it's for us to tell the story, but I think no. if anyone wants to check out dakotadanielle.com, our story is up there to read so you can find out about it there. Great artist. Definitely go check out her music. I think that tune is 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 indicative of that 
kind of personal and universal thing that we were talking about because yeah we all I mean, it's about it, loss right that song is about connection and you know that's that's the life force for everybody you know is connection and when you lose a connection um you know you it's painful Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so getting back to like we were talking about initially. So when once the smoke clears, you know, with this um, pandemic, what do you think? It, you know, it's going to look like. You know, what? Any ideas? Any thoughts? Well, I think it's going to be different for sure. There's not going to be the same normal that we had two, three months ago. But I think when it comes to what it means for the music community, they're going to be the ones that have a really big change. Um, And we're already seeing it happen as Tennessee lifts the restrictions in what bars and restaurants are allowed to do or encouraged to do when it comes to having musicians come and play and how they're able to make their livelihood and income um, because they're already being told that they're bands are not allowed to come play in downtown Nashville right now. And artists can't come and play at restaurants like they used to, which would have provided a a significant amount of income for them. Um, I think it really is going to come down to the artists who have been working like through all of this in figuring out how they can actually monetize without necessarily having to play live. Those are going to be the ones that we see after this who are able to kind of mold both the online and you know, live worlds together. Because without that, I think people are just not going to be able to survive it. And in a way, like, you know, getting back to what I used to say, you know, months ago or years ago, it could be a a bit of a weeding out too of the people who aren't serious. Maybe the ones that really aren't that dedicated might fall away. Oh, absolutely. Like the ones who just can't necessarily foresee the future or can't see past tomorrow and it gets too hard for them. Whatever hard is you know, the definition of heart is for them. They're just not going to be able to get past it. And they're, they're going to either stop, they're going to put it on pause. Um, or it's just going to be over for them because they're not able to actually make a, a, a career out of it. What do you think, Greg? I think that if they, I, I, I think that I'm, I'm at least going to take the advice of, uh, Neil Berkeley and I'm going to, um, investigate ways in which I can continue to recreate myself. And I'm hoping that the artist community will do the same thing. You know, we talked earlier in another podcast about this idea of collaborating with people that might not necessarily do what you do, but they're fans of yours. Um, Did you see the thing in the news uh, a day or two ago about the artist? And I'm sorry, I don't remember the name, uh, but was an artist that they actually programmed a live concert inside Fortnite. Did you see that news? No. Do you know how many people saw the concert, the digital concert that was produced uh, on behalf of the artist? In the video game Fortnite? In video game, 12 million people. Well, I I think what you're saying is true. I think what's going to happen is, I think we're in the age of discovery now. I think new new avenues are going to just appear. You know, people are going to be creative and find new ways to new things that we never even thought of, maybe or or are going to like. It's not going to be the way it used to look. You know, as it is, the music industry doesn't look the way it used to look like in the '70s, '80s, or '90s, and now it's going to even look even even more different. So yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that if 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 you find your if you're a creative person, 
and you're writing or, or you're performing or, or you aspire to, um, uh, to put your work out there. If you find over the next three or four months that your productivity goes down, then you probably have set the path for yourself. And, um, you know, so in that respect, maybe you're right. Maybe people will fall off because, um, I think this is, this should be an incredibly productive time. So basically, uh, basically be open-minded to new, new possibilities and don't be, and don't be parochial or tunnel visioned in your, in your outlook and how this is supposed like what a career should look like. Cause it may be totally different, you know? And, and also don't be afraid to put things out there that are different. Um, because at this point, because there's so much unknown, it doesn't hurt to put things out because if they don't stick, you know, it's not going to work out and you can move past it. Um, that's kind of where we're, we're really, like Greg said, we're at a time now where we can reinvent ourselves. And what that means is kind of putting things out there that just aren't necessarily in your comfort zone and in your normal, but seeing what people actually like and, and what they're resonating with and what they're engaging with and how that could potentially be incorporated into your new normal. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think too, I, I listened today. A friend of mine, a, a friend of mine, recommended to me an album that's that's ten years old. What album is that? Um, it's an album called Plastic Beach by the band Gorillas. Oh, and, you are really. And I, I miss. I completely missed that album. Well, and, it's funny. Go ahead. Well, all I'm saying is that you know it doesn't necessarily have to be productivity as far as your creative output is concerned. It's like you know, take notice. You know, be more involved in other people's work. Because I mean, and I hate to sound like an old guy, but the fact of the matter is that we have a current crop of artists that are putting content out there, uh, and they're they're being successful. And they don't have a very deep well of influences to to pull from. I mean, they don't know a lot of great right. music, you know. So I would, well, I, I would I, encourage people I to think, do that. I too. think just to sum up, I think it's going to be a a cool time. I think you know a, a lot of cool things can happen. But I think we should wind it, up, you know, wind this up now. I'm just and, shocked uh, that you're so positive on this podcast. I mean, this is you know this what? Is not the you way know, because I've been listening. Be. I've been listening to to, to some of my. We've reversed you know, roles. My rants. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm, I guess I'm mellowing and I realized, you know, by doing this podcast, I'm realizing a lot of my thoughts and opinions are stupid. So I think I've <laughs> been trying to tell you for 15 years. Well, yeah, but you don't know it until you hear it back and you're editing it going, that's did so I, funny. Did no, I man, say that? You need the, you need the uh, bump bump right there. Hold, hold on. No, how most this? Mostly Carl's thoughts are stupid. Bum, bum, bum. And we no, have it recorded most, now, him saying that. Most of my thoughts sometimes, I think, are kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so close this out, Nicole. Tell people how they can All right. go to Band Twango and a bunch of stuff. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening in to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. You can go to 94, the number, and 20, spelling it out, T-W-E-N-T-Y.com to listen to this episode and more. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other platforms out there. And until next time, we'll chat with you later. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Cheers. <laughs>